Welcome to the Texas Hemp Show. This is podcast number 59, our 59th podcast here on the Texas Hemp Show. I'm Russell Dowden, your host and publisher for the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. And joining me this week in the studio is Jesse Williams. Good afternoon, Jesse. How are you, my friend? I'm in a good mood despite what's going on in my neighborhood. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit here and let you make the announcement of your crazy little street there in South Austin. But uh, podcast number 59, as we approach the, this is be the last show of October, and then the November shows will continue to, to get going as we look like in November. I've got you next week, Yellow, um, Yellow Acre Farms, uh, Karen from the Hemp Awards on the 10th. And then the seventeenth, uh, Colt from Mora Demoris from Normal there in El Paso, and I still I've maybe that twenty fourth date may be open because I've never confirmed that Josh Kestelman, but um, it is again podcast fifty nine of the Texas Hemp Show. Our guest going to be joining us here sometime shortly here in the program, and another maybe oh five minutes will be Lisa Pittman from Zuber Lawler, attorney at laws, uh, Lisa. Uh, no stranger to this program has contributed um, editorial to the magazine and in, in recent issues of the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine, and and then um, you know the real hot topic I guess right now, Jesse, going on is of course the the Delta Eight situation in Texas, and and there's recent lawsuits uh, based on what Dishes has um, stated. Which was really nothing the more law- than an open uh, uh, than an open statement on their website. Well, the lawsuit's really not about what they stated, but how they went about Stating. doing it. That they did not follow the procedure they're supposed to follow to be making changes to the Controlled Substances Act, and yeah. how they put things in the registry, et cetera. And I imagine Lisa will be able to spend more time talking to the specifics of that and giving way better detail than I ever could. Yeah, and we'll we'll ask her uh, you know certainly about uh, uh you know where where all of this stands because I think that's uh, part of this lawsuit and I I understand there's multiple lawsuits actually uh, taking place um one of which with uh David Sky representing David Sergil at Sky, representing Sky Marketing I believe Bayou City Hemp is also a part of that be and then again jesse the the next uh issue will be the ruling on november 5th which i guess is the next hearing when they're going to hear this evidence again or hear this case i guess is it the same judge yes it should be the same judge and it should be a temporary injunction hearing okay so this is all very similar deja vu with uh, chelsea spencer and the smokable hemp band suit I mentioned Chelsea's name to um, the guys over at um, uh, Sky Marketing, and but they, you know, Chelsea's staying out of this one, I believe, just because she's already done this, and and she's going to leave this to to another law law firm to to handle. So, um, but very very knowledgeable about going up against the state. They they just we just had those guys on on what podcast fifty. Three or so, uh, the, the 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 plaintiffs from the smokable hemp lawsuit, um, wild hemp. Thank you, thank you, Carl. Carl pointing out uh, uh, wild hemp was the company that that's was the, the company. I say the the attorney, the law firm that Chelsea's for. Is yeah, Ritter, Ritter Spencer, Spencer, of course. But 
Joining us here on the Texas Hemp Show, podcast number 59, again, is Lisa Pittman from Zuber Lawler Attorneys. And uh, uh, Ms. Pittman is a pioneering figure in the emerging legalized hemp cannabis industry here in Texas. And Ms. Pittman's a, an appointee to the Texas Department of Agricultural's Industrial Hemp Advisory Council. She's also a, a non-resident fellow of the Drug Policy Program at Rice University. Um, Ms. Pr- uh, Pittman presented the American Bar Association's first marijuana law, CLE, at its annual meeting in New York in 2017, resulting in the creation of the American Bar Association's Task Force on Cannabis Law and Policy, for which she is the chair uh, in 21 2022. Award-winning attorney, honors, achievements. You are the you are the the woman of the hour, Lisa. Telling us uh, what's going on with a lot of the questions that some of our not only retailers but farmers alike probably have g- during this week with regards to the uh, Delta Eight issue. And you have written numerous times for the Texas Hemp Reporter. Um, I remember a, a, my most memorable recent article you guys did was the the one regarding the DEA's interim rule on um, the smokable hemp ban a few, you know, maybe five or six months ago. But uh, anyway, Lisa, welcome to the show, and and uh, how are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Well, glad to, glad to get you back on here on the Texas Hemp Show. It's been a, a good year, probably about a year, actually, since we had you on last. Um, what do we know about the new decisions by dishes and – uh, you know, they recently made their this post on the website that uh, did the post make Delta Eight illegal? Delta Eight was already illegal. We <laughs> have known this stance of dishes for a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they objected to the DEA's interim final rule in August 2020, which was to conform the U.S. Controlled Substances Act to the fact that the Farm Bill happened, and the Farm Bill created an exception of the definition for marijuana for hemp. Now, each state has its own Controlled Substances Act as well, and so the states can either fall in line with what the feds do or they can object to it. So in this case, the Health and Human Services Commissioner objected to it, posted notice September, um, held a hearing in October. Um, They later um, tweaked the definition of hemp in Texas and drastically changed the the definition of tetrahydrocannabinol in that they broadened it to include all THCs and analogs, etc. And they basically flipped the definition of hemp on its head. So where hemp, as we know the definition to be, you know, all of the derivatives and um, isomers and so forth, everything deriving from hemp is legal on the uh, the definition of tetrahydrocannabinol they they changed it to where all THCs are illegal even if they come from hemp unless it is the delta 9 below 0.3%. And so that was finalized in January and um, notice was placed in the Texas register in March. Um, but the unusual thing that they did was instead of posting it in text that you could search, they posted a picture of it. So that made it difficult for you to search it in the register, even if you knew about it and you were looking mm-hmm. at it. So the question for the court now is, was that 
sufficient notice or, or not under the law. And then additionally, um, you're probably aware that um, Dishes testified in May at the hearing on the hemp bill to ban Delta 8, stating once again their position that Delta 8 is already illegal. Um, and there's been a few other memos. So it's going to be interesting to see where the court comes down on this because Dishes did really put out a lot of notices about it. You just had to really be paying close attention. Lisa, is that common for uh, them to put something out on a PDF format? I mean, is that as the lawsuit or the motion for the TRO was put up, although denied by uh, Judge Harger, but uh, last Friday or Monday of this week, is that but is that an unusual procedure to post um, their position on something in the PDF format on a non-searchable way like that? It is kind of unusual, but I will point out that in the regulations governing um, testing of consumable hemp products, there's a full microbial panel that you have to test for, and they just put that into a PDF and dumped that into all of the other rules. So you would have had to know that, hey, there's this little PDF file attached to the rules that you could uh, search for online. So the, the Texas Hemp Federation, we know, filed a lawsuit based on this this last week and that the, the motion for the TRO was denied by this judge in the 261st district. Can you speak to that? That's what's going yes. on. So the, the denial of the TRO is no comment on the merits of the case. To get a temporary restraining order, you have to show an imminent emergency right away harm. And um, that, that's the most pressing thing. And so here, Dishes argued, well, this has been on the controlled substances list for 40 years. They might have been referring to THC, I mean, Delta 8 derived from marijuana. And as I mentioned, it's been known for a year already, Dishes' position. So the fact that they just recently found out about it doesn't create an emergency situation for which TRO is, is warranted. And a couple of other issues are... Um, that to get a TRO, you also have to show that you cannot be compensated by money in any way. And because this case is about, well, my business is going to be impacted by this, well, that can be compensated by money. So that's another reason hmm. why it didn't qualify for a TRO. So on November 5th, they'll have a full hearing on the merits where I expect the judge will consider these issues of law it really is a matter of law you know it's not something where there'll be witnesses is you know here's what dishes are required to do here's what they did do and was that sufficient under the law or not what could we consider something that would be not compensable by by financial means um, would arrest fit that description it, it could. I mean, then you're dealing with the interplay of, of criminal law. Um, a situation might be, um, you know, but let's say you had an employee who's stealing all of your company secrets or holding something in your company hostage that prevents you from doing business or in a domestic dispute situation, you know, you're you know, fearing violence. Um, it's got to be like an actual emergency that there's nothing else that can be done other than to get what's called in, injunctive relief, equitable relief. So it's not something that can be compensated by money, money damages, 
Thank you for clarifying that. You know, Lisa, the states that already have a cannabis program have been outlawing Delta 8, I think, as a fear or perhaps a, maybe a threatened fear of, you know, the emerging Delta 8 market for the states that are, have, you know, prominent cannabis programs. We don't have, a, a you know, a recreational program in the Lone Star State, but do you feel like, is that what the other, has that been a common thread with the other states that they quickly outlaw Delta 8 for fear of um, infringing on their cannabis uh, markets? That is the case. I mean, in Colorado, mm-hmm. for example, there, there's a marijuana lobby mm-hmm. and they want dibs on what gets you high. Um, mm-hmm. And another issue is it undercuts their market too, because if somebody can just go get this other thing and not go through and pay the marijuana prices and the marijuana taxes, then the marijuana business is losing out on all of that. Um, In some other states where it's uh, commonly thought to be illegal, most of them, it's for a similar situation as Texas. It's the definition of marijuana or the definition of THCs um, that that makes it illegal. Um, It's only been in the past year, I guess, that there's several states that have specifically banned Delta 8 on purpose. Mm-hmm. It wasn't already legal for illegal for that other reason. I want to ask with the bill we passed back in 2019 with that legislative session, how does, is there any possibility that the language we put into law in Texas may have effect on this case with how we defined THC from hemp? Well, there, there's a little bit of a conflict there, and that's that's where the confusion is. That's why I said that how they def- how they change the definition of THC flips the dis- definition of hemp, you know, opposite mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so it, we'll just have to see on that. Thank you. Well, Texas has a very small medical program in in the Lone Star State. Are there certain are there lawmakers applying pressure to dishes to rule this way or, um, you know, this all kind of just, if it was already stated, I don't, it's just confusing that the, this has gotten into a bigger issue here with re- recently because I, I, I don't know that, you know, there's anyone enforcing any of this, Lisa. Well, when hemp was legalized, it was under the impression that this was for grain, industrial uses, mm-hmm. and CBT. Mm-hmm. No one at the time thought, either at the federal level or at the state levels, that chemists were going to figure out how to make psychoactive <laughs> um, <laughs> cannabinoids and, you know, come up with all of the things that they've come up with. And so there's been a, you know, a response to that, especially in the conservative anti-marijuana states. Um, I think that uh, Senator Perry made some comment in the hearing, like, well, I'll just take yank the whole hemp program away. You know, this isn't what we intended. Mm-hmm. So um, there's there's a little bit of that. Well, let's take a quick commercial break, Lisa, real quick, and, and we will uh, pause for an, a sponsor announcement, and then we will come back uh, with the Texas Hemp Show podcast number 59. Uh, Lisa Pittman joining us from Zuber Lawler as we discuss uh, this Delta 8 situation here in the Lone Star State. We'll be right back. It's the Texas Hemp Show. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Medical marijuana is legal in Texas. Do you suffer from cancer, PTSD, 
IBS, peripheral neuropathy, autism, epilepsy, seizure disorders, osteoarthritis, or fibromyalgia? Well, medical marijuana is now legal in Texas as of September of 2021. Visit TexasMedicalMarijuanaDoctors.com. Call 713-659-HEMP. That's 713-659-HEMP. And tell them you heard from the Texas Hemp Show. Visit our friends online at TexasMedicalMarijuanaDoctors.com. The Texas Hemp Reporter is available free at all HEBs and Whole Foods in Austin, Texas. Pick up a copy today. Cannabis is slowly becoming legal in Texas. So be sure to listen to the Texas Hemp Show Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. on KLBJ 590 a.m. Or visit online at TexasHempReporter.com. Mail to over 2,000 licensed hemp producers in Texas. News, technology, trends, finance, culture, health, all things hemp in the Lone Star State. 60,000 copies made available each year. Available at over 500 CBD and smoke shops in Texas. That's the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine and the Texas Hemp Show Podcast. Download wherever podcasts are available or listen Sundays at 6 a.m. On News Radio 590 KLBJ. Hey, this is Cheech Marine, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. Why take a chance with your hemp grow? Join Hemp Plan and avoid the risk. TPS Labs exclusive hemp monitoring program. Hemp Plan members get one-on-one consulting from knowledgeable consultants who are available when you need them most. If you want to take the guesswork out of growing hemp and focus on what matters most, call TPS Lab today and ask for your free consultation. Take the next step to a successful harvest. Visit tpslab.com or call today at 956-383-0739. You're listening to the Texas Hemp Show, sponsored by The Loot. The Loot, helping vape and smoke shops deliver the most innovative products to customers. Constantly creating new products that people love. E-liquid, salts, CBD topicals, tincture flour, edibles, and Delta 8. Your customers will be shouting, give me The Loot. The Loot, creating high margin products for vape and smoke shop. Contact us today at thelootjuice.com for all your vape, CBD, and Delta 8 needs. Mention Texas Hemp Reporter for 10% off. Give me The Loot. Hemp Sack Bags, preservation, protection, peace of mind. Hemp Sack Bags are designed for the curing, storing, and transporting of hemp and other agricultural products. Hemp Sack Bags are primarily for farmers, growers, and anyone else looking for the proper preservation and storage solution of their hemp or similar agricultural product. Visit the online store at hempsack.com or call 1-833-GOT-BAGS. Made in the USA and manufactured from FDA-approved food-grade materials, hemp sack bags do not leach into your flour. Harvest season is here. Texas Hemp Show listeners, use code THR2021 and get 10% off your whole order. That's hempsack.com. You're listening to the Texas Hemp Show, produced by your friends at the Texas Hemp Reporter. 60,000 copies published free every year. The Texas Hemp Reporter is mailed to over 2,000 licensed hemp producers in Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. News, technology, trends, finance, culture, health, all things hemp in the Lone Star State. The Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. Hey, this is Tommy Chong, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. Now, back to the show with your host, Russell Dowden. 
Welcome to the Texas Hemp Show. Again, it's podcast number 59. I'm Russell Dowden, publisher for the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. And uh, joining us on the program this week is not Perry Mason, but Lisa Pittman from Zuber Lawler telling us uh, what's to make with everything going on with our, our Delta 8 situation. Delta 8 was always illegal, not recently illegal it was always illegal but uh what do you what what are what are what are retailers supposed to think lisa i guess uh, they just have to take this inventory off of their uh, shelves now and and uh, stay the course i guess is that's seems to be what i think a lot of i'm hearing is is that they're just going to have to stop selling delta eight uh, uh, for fear of enforcement that's a real risk it's honestly though it's been a looming threat that's been out there for a while Mm -hmm. you know so i already counsel my clients um how to go about it very carefully and cautiously and how they um source it market it present it and so forth yeah well i think uh you know some i wonder i wonder some of them are going to move on this and some aren't but I guess the real the real concern is 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 the enforcement, and that is in 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 the responsibility of of DPS. So that's right. Um, uh, have arrests been made that you know of, Lisa? Have you heard anything? I I, I heard maybe one in the state might have gotten uh, one or two, but I, I don't I don't know if these are directly related to recent uh, you know the the dishes uh, recent posting. Yeah, there's been a number of arrests made during the past year, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, most are head shops. Sometimes, and, and what happens there typically is a, a cop might come in undercover, take the products, test them, and then lo and behold, these Delta 8 products test hot, you know, over 0.3% THC or total THC. And so then that turns into a marijuana, uh, felony marijuana distribution charge. Um, as far as folks just pulled over on the side of the road, uh, you know, I get a lot of calls, <laughs> obviously. And typically, you know, once it's shown that it's hemp, they're they're let go. But they still spend a night in jail and get the charge, and it, ultimately, maybe the the charges are dropped if they provide the proof that it's a, a hemp product. But uh, uh, well, you know, I always say that we need to give better, have, create better laws for our law enforcement officers. It really puts the the, the law enforcement officers in a precarious state. I, what, don't you think, Lisa, that they've got enough things, I think, you know, to deal with. And I, I, I don't think prosecuting, you know, Delta 8 possessioners is, is you know, really on the forefront of law, law enforcement right now. I don't either. You know, I mean, they've got to deal with fentanyl and meth mm-hmm. it's coming across the border in record proportions and killing all of us. So, you know, that's that's what they're tasked with on the drug front. And as far as marijuana, you know, in the major metropolitan cities, they're not really arresting people for simple possession anymore. And it's not really that they've softened on marijuana. It's that a prosecutor can't get a jury to put someone away anymore for a joint. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And similarly, you know, a prosecutor is not going to take a case she can't win because they want to have a winning record. So with how complicated the law Mm -hmm. is here to try to explain that to a jury, get a jury to understand, and then prove that the retailer 
um, knew the law too and um, chose to disregard it and have that criminal intent to sell it anyway, that's going to be really hard for a, a prosecutor to, to pull off. Um, so, yeah, you know, DPS is charged with, you know, public safety all over the entire state on a lot of matters. And I would think that if they just focused on this, there might be some backlash yeah. over it. Why are you wasting your time and money on that when we have so, so much more important things? Um, yeah, they're... Their, their role has been, you know, protecting the border to some degree in recent months, uh, DPS uh, as well. So that's just, that's the thing. That, and that's the weird part of all of this is that there's, there's a, will they really enforce anything on this uh, uh, in the meantime? Yeah, it, it would be a headache for a, a cop to pursue and a headache to enforce. You know, I've been doing this since 2015 and under the 2014 farm bill so i've seen the evolution of the legalization of hemp and in texas and you know cops being confused about hemp and marijuana especially rural you know they they can barely tell the difference there and know what to do there let alone let's get even more granular granular into the delta eight <laughs> so. <laughs> so from our understanding there's going to be another hearing on november 5th that deals with a temporary injunction uh what would you say happens next with that? How does that work? So that's going to be more like a trial on the merits where the judge is going to consider what the plaintiff is alleging, what dishes did, did dishes do what they were supposed to do or not. Um, and, you know, the judge will make a decision there. And then a temporary injunction is also an extraordinary remedy um, to for the judge to say, okay, we're not going to allow enforcement of this uh, of the controlled substances act you know that that's going to be unusual i'm i'm looking forward to just seeing what they what they do there well we're all following this and i know it's a big uh, a big concern for the retail side of the the business that was already making these products available with with uh impunity i mean they they were making these products available anyway so um it's just i wanted to follow up on something else i i on what i just said too sure um, sure about the you know enforcement um that's another issue in the lawsuit is whether whether the right parties are in the lawsuit because dishes made the rule that dishes doesn't enforce the controlled substances act so can the court enjoin uh dishes i mean dishes isn't the one that enforces it you know it it's dps that needs to be enjoined from enforcing it so that'll be another interesting interesting a, a question i i now have that i wanted to I'm, dishes says that they don't create regulation um who technically would we say created this rule then if it wasn't dishes who claims that because they put up that we don't make this these regulations who is, I guess, who who should they be pointed towards for the proper party? As far as the drug schedules? Correct. That's done by the Health and Human Services Commissioner. That's right. The commissioner can make makes that. Um, yeah. I, in fact, if you um, look at the pleadings, there's a footnote by the state that takes you to the web page that shows all of the adjustments to the schedules that the um, health commissioner has made. And I mean, it's very common. They're, they're always 
putting things on, taking things off the schedule all the time. Thank you for that. Thank you for that input. Well, uh, any final thoughts, Lisa, as we, you know, close here on this segment with you? Just, uh, I mean, we, we had you scheduled, you know, months ago on this on this show just to have you on again, you know, and then uh, lo and behold, all this kind of happens and this becomes a, um, you know, a hot topic uh, with Delta 8 in uh, in the last week or so. So uh, any final thoughts uh, as uh, as we look towards November 5th and, and seeing the results of the, the hearing? Yeah, you know, what's really changed is the public awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, because once a big fuss was made about this, in a way, I feel like it's kind of sabotaging because before this, this product was flying under the radar quite nicely and <laughs> without enforcement, as we have said. And so now it has been brought to the forefront of everyone's attention, including law enforcement, including dishes. It was flooded by um, phone calls, which is not the best way to go about things, really. So, um, so now we're in more uncertain times than we were before. I mean, there's, like I said, there's always been that looming threat, but um, it was just kind of out there. Um, well, well, we all of us in the the space, Lisa, within the hemp or or CBD community, we've you know all kind of danced around the Delta eight issue, but you know, all of a sudden now on six, six, thirty news, KXAN is talking about this and it, you're right. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a hot topic right now that uh, the rest of the public that doesn't follow this, um, um, traditionally is, is now this is all being, like you said, brought in the, the media is really covering all of this now. Yes, they they certainly are (laughs) giving lots of interviews. (laughs) I bet you have. I think I saw you on uh, KXAN last week one day. So you you, 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 KVU, yes, you was on KVU twenty four, maybe even KXAN. But you are getting all of the all of the calls. You are the Perry Mason of uh, cannabis in Texas here, our guest, uh, Lisa Pittman. Um, how can folks get in touch with you, Lisa, just to learn more about the good work that you do? And and uh, I know you're fielding all these interviews with the media as this Delta 8 thing gets gets going uh, as a hot topic. But but how can folks learn more about, about your work, Lisa? You could email me at lpittman at zuberlawler.com. Or the best way is to follow me on LinkedIn. i that's right. Very careful content on, you know, things that I think are you know, kind of within a narrow scope of what's of interest to us in Texas and the South on all things cannabis and psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an exciting time. I think, uh, um, you know, as we move into the next phase of Texas lawmakers, uh, you know, we, we've we got a whole year before the next session gets going. Um, it's an exciting time, Lisa, to, to see what the Lone Star State, a lot of people are watching what Texas does with regards to cannabis, um, in the long run. And, um, uh, we've made some progress here, but, uh, I think, uh, we still got some work to chew, you know, and, uh, but uh, it's, it's an exciting time uh, to be in this space here in, in Texas. Definitely. It sure is. I have high hopes for 2023 for a more full-fledged medical program. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lisa Pittman, joining us here on the Texas Hemp Show. 
Um, and uh, you can check her out. Follow Lisa on her LinkedIn page. You will get plenty of information. She's always got something great she's posting on there and then keeping us informed and uh, educated on, on cannabis uh, here in the Lone Star State. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thanks. All right, there she goes. Lisa Pittman of Zuber Lawler joining us here on the Texas Hemp Show as we continue to have you know much debate on uh, all things Delta 8. <laughs> debate on Delta 8. Always, uh, the Delta 8 debate. Always something, uh, you know, like, like she said, and, and it's been stated, I mean, this has been a product that has been illegal, but it's just been a very gray area for retailers. And so um, anyway, we'll, we'll keep monitoring this and, and see where we end up on November 5th. It's the Texas Hemp Show. We'll be back after this. Hemp Grow. Join Hemp Plan and avoid the risk. TPS Labs exclusive hemp monitoring program. Hemp Plan members get one-on-one consulting from knowledgeable consultants who are available when you need them most. If you want to take the guesswork out of growing hemp and focus on what matters most, call TPS Lab today and ask for your free consultation. Take the next step to a successful harvest. Visit tpslab.com or call today at 956-383-0739. You're listening to the Texas Hemp Show, sponsored by The Loot. The Loot, helping vape and smoke shops deliver the most innovative products to customers. Constantly creating new products that people love. E-liquid, salts, CBD topicals, tincture flour, edibles, and Delta 8. Your customers will be shouting, give me The Loot. The Loot, creating high margin products for vape and smoke shop. Contact us today at thelootjuice.com for all your vape, CBD, and Delta 8 needs. Mention Texas Hemp Reporter for 10% off. Give me The Loot. Hemp Sack Bags, preservation, protection, peace of mind. Hemp Sack Bags are designed for the curing, storing, and transporting of hemp and other agricultural products. Hemp Sack Bags are primarily for farmers, growers, and anyone else looking for the proper preservation and storage solution of their hemp or similar agricultural product. Visit the online store at hempsack.com or call 1-833-GOT-BAGS. Made in the USA and manufactured from FDA-approved food-grade materials, hemp sack bags do not leach into your flour. Harvest season is here. Texas Hemp Show listeners, use code THR2021 and get 10% off your whole order. That's hempsack.com. 
You're listening to The Texas Hemp Show, produced by your friends at The Texas Hemp Reporter. 60,000 copies published free every year. The Texas Hemp Reporter is mailed to over 2,000 licensed hemp producers in Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. News, technology, trends, finance, culture, health, all things hemp in the Lone Star State. The Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. Hey, this is Tommy Chong, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. Now, back to the show with your host, Russell Dowden. Back to the Texas Hemp Show. It's Russell with the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. My co-host Jesse Williams joining me here from the Texas Cannabis Collective as we begin, continue the Great Delta Eight debate here on the on the uh, Texas Hemp Show. Let me turn you up there. The Great Delta Eight debate. Oh yeah. But thank you to our guest this week on uh, podcast number fifty-nine. Lisa Pittman. Uh, she has been in the media uh, on KXAN. I've seen her on news, uh, uh, KV24 a few times this week. Um, so I don't know if, you know, the, it's it, once it gets out there and gets the people thinking about it, maybe this will help lawmakers um, clarify all this or get this all figured out. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll continue this, uh, you know, in the weeks. If, we'll continue to follow this in the weeks to come. But the November 5th hearing... Um, is the uh, next phase for David uh, Sergil and Sky Marketing and the clients there at Bayou City Hemp. Those guys, um, check them out. They, um, the retailers of across the state can follow the Texas Hemp Federation. If you're interested in joining the legal battle, uh, they could use a hand with uh, from retailers uh, joining the Texas Hemp Federation in the case. They'll they're going to be taking donations yeah. for the legal funds. And we were in a meeting there some time ago, and, uh, you know, if there was 250 people in there and each of them donated $1,000, it would it would certainly be enough to, to cover the legal fees, uh, or at least a good portion of them. I know some of the, the bigger companies are contributing large amounts, but if a lot of the retailers just donated 500 or $1,000, which is, you know, fair to, for any business, um, then you know, we, then everybody gets on the same side of that thing and, and sees uh, you know what 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 they can do with um, with this uh, with this case. But uh, anyway, what's new? Uh, wanted to point out you had an article though on Texas Cannabis Collective regarding all of this. I, I shared it on social media. Oh, I've been pretty much trying to do I would say a play by play when I can about what's taking place. And our last article that I had put up was about the Delta Eight case TRO denied by the district judge. Yeah, you had uh, posted this the other day, and I shared it to a couple of the groups that uh, I manage on Facebook with the Texas Hemp Reporter. And um, but yeah, you they 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 denied the the judge denied the um, TRO, but 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 did agree to hear the, have the hearing on the fifth yeah, of November, the... where the public will get a chance to comment on this. Right? Oh, I mean, no, no, that... this is just a temporary injunction. It's just another court hearing. It's okay. the, the next step, as Lisa talked about, and they will hear the merits 
yeah. the case more in depth. Yeah, more in depth. And, on, and, and it'll be it'll be publicly streamed again, just like we saw the this last injunction, the smokable hemp ban case. Um, from my understanding, it'll, it'll still be the 261st district court that'll be hearing it. Um, I had reached out to Andrea Steele, and I, I totally agree with her with this. And the quote was that this case is about the rule of law and calling for the state to follow it. Every business in the industry should be concerned about a regulatory agency modifying law without following its own legally mandated procedures and doing so in a manner that turned law-abiding businesses and consumers into potential felons without their knowledge. Some pretty, some pretty strong words, yeah. and I totally get where that comes from. Well, it's important uh, that um, we go by the rules, and uh, can and, and so dishes and DPS. This is all a, it's all been somewhat of a gray area. I'm still trying to grab, grab grasp my head around a lot of it. That's why we have attorneys on the program to try to straighten us out and get the facts and out I, there. I wondered the same thing. I asked Andrea. I was like, "What you asked Lisa is like, is this common that they would just put an image up?" Yeah, that's, and it's like, and it's that's like yeah, the images are common, but they always put searchable text in the image. And I guess the, the easiest way to explain that is if like you scanned, like say I'm holding a piece of paper and I scan this on the printer, the, the computer could recognize the text in it and you can make that yeah. searchable for these keywords. Yeah. And they do that, but they did not do that in this case. They just put an image up and said, we did our job. We did our part. Yeah. When I was a, a younger publisher, uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago, we would post, um, images of the articles onto our um, social media or um, onto our web page. But we quickly learned that that wasn't helping our algorithm and the, with the spiders and bots on it online. Read, it couldn't read them. At yeah, the it was time. a flat JPEG or a PDF of the image. So it wasn't helping my um, my SEO, you know, campaigns with it. So, so, you know, that, that's a, that's. And, and for those in the web space that make websites, it's, Almost the same as saying the alt text that mm -hmm. you put for an image that, that if you search for something, you know that's the image that should come up and it describes what the image is about. Well, speaking of website, I uh, wanted to make a, a, a switch gear over to some news with us. What we're doing is in 2022, bring that map up uh, on screen, I guess, that uh, that we have. Because uh, what, what we're doing in 2022 is we're expanding our our map coverage of the, the, the state's circulation with the Texas Hemp Reporter. So we're, we're in Houston and, and Austin right now, and we're going to be adding San Antonio and uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. So we're going to be in about 1,000 locations in 2022. But it was always my intention to give the magazine to farmers and industry insiders for at least the first few years of, of our existence. And so I think by the spring of 2022, probably in March, we will no longer make those available free. So I'm going to have to charge a subscription fee to keep there's get the list is getting so big. I, and it's expensive to do that. So um, we will have a subscription service and you can go to Texas forward slash shop to order your, or continue your subscription throughout the fiscal year of 2022. And uh, so I uh, just want to share that because that's a, that's a graphic that we've got on screen right now that we're going to be running as an ad in the upcoming edition of the Texas Hip Reporter. So you will be able to purchase 
um, on the website, uh, your subscription, your uh, subscription to the magazine, and you can jump over there to that other screen uh, as well. So this is where you can actually pick out your individual issue. You can purchase. I added a shopping cart. And when look Jesse, at, look Jesse at that beautiful helped, store. Uh, Jesse uh, helped me get this online here. Uh, both of us worked together on this, actually. But you can buy a, an annual um, subscription or per issue. Uh, you can purchase advertising on here. There's some things that we've implemented uh, going into 2022 that, that uh, folks will be able to go onto the website and, and, uh, and get a, a subscription, individual uh, magazines, buy an advertising campaign, et cetera. So um, let's switch over to what our upcoming edition does look like. And this is a preview here. Hey, um, I know that guy. Uh, Cheech Marine, of course, on the cover of the November issue that will be out next week. And um, that goes off to the printer t- tomorrow night. And we will get those out. Uh, they come into the streets of Texas retailers on November 4th, uh, one day before that hearing um, next week. So we will be getting the magazine out. And um, uh, that is a, a cheese marine there on the cover. And so you will, you will be able to pick those up at HEBs and Whole Foods for the remainder of the year. And then we will be expanding to Houston, uh, which we are in Houston, but we will be expanding to San Antonio as well as uh, Dallas, so that'll take us out to about a thousand retailers, Jesse, in the state. That'll nice. be they'll be getting the magazines. So uh, just expanding on our influence here, uh, in uh, in looking forward to a great solid year in twenty twenty two. It's been a, a roller coaster of a year so far this year, but we've had a lot of fun. Well, thank you for tuning in to podcast number fifty nine. Special thanks to our guest Lisa Pittman from Zuber Lawler. As again, this was uh, Podcast 59, kind of the uh, great debate on Delta 8 as this continues. Next week on the program, Yellow Acre Farms, followed by uh, Karen with the Texas Hemp Awards the following week, and then Colt DeMorris of Texas Normal El Paso uh, rounding out mid to late November. We may be off that week of Thanksgiving, I'm thinking anyway, so... Um, that'll be the three guests for uh, the remainder of November. And then we'll start talking about some things in December. But uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Podcast number 59 here on the Texas Hemp Show. We'll see you next week with Yellow Acre Farms. Adios.